What's up, everybody? We're back with Season 2 of Music in the Minor League. That's right. We actually did it. We took some time off, but we came back. Here we are, whether you want it or not. We're here. We're not planning on going anywhere for a while, so hopefully y'all have been waiting for us to come back, and y'all are happy to be hearing us again. So... What's been going on? Well, in our time off, we worked on a new record. We did a lot of touring. We finished that new record, and now we're finished with all the touring, so we're back with a new season. To kick off this season, we sat down with Bevan Luna, who we met while on tour in Fort Collins, Colorado. We played the Choice City Stomp with her, and man, was she killer. Like, it's one of those people we checked her out before we played the show and just absolutely fell in love with her and her band. Kind of garage rocky, time there's some surf, and then even live, the time there's some straight up country happen powerhouse voice great guitar player killer band i mean how can you go wrong so we're really grateful to sit down and talk with her she's a transplant out of memphis tennessee with roots from her family and from the dominican republic so it makes for a really interesting sound and man we just really really do love her music so we hope you enjoy the interview and you really enjoy checking out her music which we'll get to here in a second but just like last season we gotta get a little bit of housekeeping out of the way first thing is we finished a new record man it's coming out out. In two days, we'll be releasing the second single called Tough as Nails. That'll be released on all streaming networks. You'll be able to open up the pre-sale, so you'll be able to pick up a copy of the record, or at least help us fund that record, and you'll receive a copy when it comes out in March. We also have a video for Tough as Nails coming out, and we also have some shows coming up. Let's get to those. On Saturday, we'll be out at Shine Charlie's Big Top Lounge. That'll be November 4th. On November 5th, we'll be playing at Houston Oasis. That's early Early, that's 10.30. Come out to their meeting, hear some educational stuff, and get some songs from us. The following Saturday will be in Nacogdoches at Fredonia Brewing Company. Again, man, always a good spot, and those dudes know how to treat us right, so we love that place. And possibly that next Sunday on the 12th, we'll be playing Dan Electros with Grifters and Shills and Little Outfit. They did undergo a bit of a booking change, so we're not 100% sure the show's happening, but as of now, it's on the calendar, and we think it's going to happen. So that's going to be a real good one, man, so we hope y'all come out to that that's enough housekeeping for now what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut the talking and get to the new season man we hope y'all have a great one remember if you like the podcast tell your friends share this on the internet man help us get the word out man we're really excited to go really excited to be getting into season two man we hope y'all feel the same first thing we're gonna do is kick it off with a song from bevan luna's new ep called madison and angelus this one is called a little bit of arson never hurt anyone. I got people to see in places that I need to burn down and people that I need to burn out of my head and I know a kiss on the cheek Secrets that I need to burn out of my head 
All right, everybody. Welcome to the new second season of Music in the Minor League. Ooh. Music in the Minor League. Do we have a, we have a jingle yet? No, we don't. I like that. Now we do. Now we do. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to get you some that separately. What have you been doing over the vacation? So, you know, we, we, we did an album, but that's that's beside the point. We're not here to talk about us, really. Well, maybe. We'll, we'll see. If y'all if there was a little 30-minute intro episode before this, you already know everything. If not, you'll find it out later. So, we're here today. We, uh, we are coming from Fort Collins, Colorado today. We came in last night. We played a Choice City Stomp. And normally when you play a show like that, you'll go through and you'll listen to the other bands on the bill. And the first person to play was Bevan Luna. And we put on her music and we were listening to it. And then we listened to it a lot and then we listened to it in the car mm-hmm. all the songs that when it was done every song that came after it was awesome from all the other bands so we're like yeah okay like even everything it sounds like this is killer so we decided to I hassle bev and see if she would her. talk to us so yep. we're coming yeah. from her loft studio here in scenic fort collins welcome thanks for Thank having you. us of course thanks for listening i really appreciate that yeah you know we're not normally ones to you know be overly nice to people and blow them up. So, I mean, yeah. we literally, seriously, you know, if you see that the, the more plays on the Spotify Right, thing. that's us. <laughs> Damn, this went to the roof. Well, you track that kind of thing. Extra 30 cents. Right. I'm going to get some cheese on it. That's what I say, man. When you get that bean burrito, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those fancy times. It's like it hits my account. It's like, hell yeah, dude. Get you can some. go splurge. Living high. We get the entire household the $5 box from Taco Bell. Covered. <laughs> That's what we did this week. Thank you, working musicians. Yep. Anyways, let's cut past all of our stupidity. We're here with <laughs> Bevan in her studio. And like we start out every podcast, tell us what led you to finding music and making it like the thing you do. Well, uh, my whole family plays music, so... Oh, you didn't have a choice, huh? I didn't have a choice. It's actually a really good thing, though. It's how we connect, and um, oh, awesome. we've been playing together for a long time. And you know, when there's nothing else to talk about, we we definitely pick up instruments. And my brother plays guitar and drums and bass, and my dad plays guitar, and my sister plays piano and drums. And my mom's side of the family too is really musical. So my dad's from Dominican Republic, so a heavy influence there from Caribbean style music. And oh, wow came from a super musical family like my grandmother played music too and they traveled around together with a band and and then uh, my mom's family is from memphis and so that whole side of the family obviously has a lot of influence from southern music and r&b and blues and country and folk and all that so lots of uh just music from a really young age and it's just kind of a necessity now at this point oh yeah man it's hard to stop once you get going yeah Plus, like, growing up in Memphis, like, that's one of that places, like, it's right there on the edge of Tennessee, yeah. so you've got all these different... Totally. Everyone kind of meets up there, so... Yep. I know from the years we've been there, it's been easy to find shows for being in, like, punk bands, yep. and, you know, singer, songwriter, country, blah, blah, it's never that hard, because there's always some scene of that happening around yeah. there. Yeah, and it's such a good mix, too, because everybody always kind of assumes Memphis is just like Nashville, but Nashville is so different compared to Memphis, because it is such a blend. You've got hip-hop, rap, you got R&B, you got rockabilly, you got country, you got punk rock scene, indie rock, you know, pop music kind of everything down there for sure yeah this is one of the good things we have i guess around houston such an international city that you do have like pretty much all the music you can get from any like ethnic origin or anything it's kind of neat yeah Yeah. at what age did you really start with like your first band or anything like that or really going out and playing with people or yeah so i actually 
always played at home a lot, but then I was kind of a late bloomer with the band situation. I played with my family, and then um, when I was in high school, I went to a performing arts high school in Memphis, and I was in the jazz band, but I was really obsessed with sports, and so I played in school, but it was more just because of school and family stuff, but it wasn't like, I'm going to go start a band. So it wasn't until I moved to Colorado, and let's see, I think I started playing around here in like 2005 out and about. So I was definitely in my early, mid-20s when I started playing out in Denver. Yeah. Oh, wow. So maybe like 23 or something, I started playing live shows. Did yeah. you play with other people or were, by, were you writing and, well, and I was singing at that point? scared of playing with other people because I'd always play with my family. So I'd convince my brother to come out here and play shows with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, come play the drums with me. You know, so we did like duo sets and then I convinced his like bass player friend to play with us when I'd go to Memphis. Um, and then I started playing solo shows and that's when I really started meeting other musicians here and branching out. But then my brother moved here. He's like, I like Colorado. I'm gonna oh, move cool. out there. So then we played together here for a while. So it was kind of like, he was like my training wheels for a long time. Um, but then... Fort Collins, I feel like, I don't know if you've noticed this, it just has a really sweet music scene and everybody's yeah. super oh, yeah. supportive and started meeting some really cool musicians around here and started playing shows with different drummers and bass players and guitarists. And my friend Morgan Coley, actually, he's from Texas and he played drums and started playing a lot of shows with him and just kind of built out from there. And then it's just been like this rotating cast of characters since then. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think the Fort Collins, I think the nice part about it is, is it seems to be like you see like, the same people at shows. Yeah. Like it's, and musicians come to all the, it reminds me of a lot of what we see kind of in Houston when in our scene is you see people starting to support other bands and that's, that's how it grows, you know? And I think yeah. that's a, that's a cool network to create. Yeah, totally. Because every time we've played Colorado in general, but especially Fort Collins, like you just always have good shows. Yeah. You know, people show up. Yep. We're nobody and they show up. <laughs> Everybody was excited y'all were coming. Yeah. That's <laughs> the good thing, you know, having someone, you know, go back to a lane that's here that's like, Oh yeah, I'm setting up this show. I'm doing this. And then once you meet her, it's like, have you met every one of my friends? Yep. Yeah. And then like a week later, it's like, we're you're friends with everybody here because everybody's yeah super cool. And it's like, oh, dude, thank you. Well, yeah. And it's like when Elaine tells you or suggests a band to check out, it's like guaranteed it's going to be good. Yep. Yeah. Every time. Yep. I've never been disappointed no. with any of her recommendations. Uh-oh. And. Brian Johansson, actually, I heard y'all's episode with him before. I met him through the Fort Collins scene, and then he introduced me to Elaine. So that's just opened a door of all these amazing people in town who have just been incredibly supportive and helped us find good shows. And yeah, just really, really spectacular. That's kind of what I like, even with, you know, the Stomps and a few other things we've been to in Colorado. It's a lot of mixed genre where it's not like here's four bands that sound identical. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Like if you were at that show last night, yep. Bevan comes out and like blows the roof off. I was like, <laughs> We had to follow this? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm so glad. And then yep. and then we played and it was like people were like they were jazzed to see that. Oh, and yeah. then it's like Grifters comes on, they're like excited about that. And then Slim Cessna shows up and it's like, What are we watching? I can't look away. Uh-huh. Like and yep. everyone was just there. Like it's, it's the, the Appalachian music set. I'm it telling like, you. Man. Some auto harp and dulcimer oh. and stuff. It was great. Yeah, we I had thought that it was a great exact mix. exchange. Like last night, I was like, I can't believe we had to follow you, and you were like, Yeah, but I love these mixed genre shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was so happy that y'all followed, and it was great, and everybody was really digging it, and we loved it, and yeah, I thought I it was forget. awesome. We have a bigger sound than I remember until we get on stage. It was hey. great. 
and it's just fun to me because it's like you know we're all pretty like musically crazy like you know i mean i come from bands like i said punk hardcore bands yeah. things like that yeah doing all this and even me and john right now are working on like a stoner metal project so it's cool like, i do it's, have footage of that right it's just fun <laughs> to have things where it's just like okay you know and most musicians aren't just like i only play and listen to the what i put this right, one exactly. style of music yeah exactly so it's better if i gets more enjoyable when you show up and it's like okay there's stuff all over the place yep I prefer shows like that for sure. I loved how y'all mixed it up too with Grifters and Shills and blended together and then kind of welcomed them to the stage and then exited and then they finished their set. That was pretty cool. Yeah, we came up with that like in three weeks because when Elaine put that up, I was like, with? She's like, Mm. oh no. Because we did that a couple of years ago. We did a couple of festival spots where we got put together. Because it was like, oh, we only have space for one band. It's like, cool, we'll do this combined set. It's yeah. going to be great. And yeah. then, like, we haven't, we've been recording albums. We still hang out, yeah. but we haven't been playing together. And it was like, okay, okay, what do we know? <laughs> we ran this song like three hours before in the in hotel, hotel really? room. Yeah. yeah, couldn't even tell. I thought y'all had been playing together for weeks before this. Nope. <laughs> but we also play like probably 60 shows together a year. So we At know least, each other. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. To the point where you start getting like neurotic, like they've heard this same set like 12 times in a row. <laughs> They know what we're going to do. You start giving them notes on their stuff. Like, oh, oh, oh. oh Becky, we're real flat there. It's okay. It's fine. I noticed. I always tell Johnny's got to stop. Stop with the guitar solos. Leave some notes for the rest of us, bro. Right. Jeez. Especially when we follow, it's like, dude, stop. You can't play that solo when we're, we're after y'all. Like, yeah. Like that needs to be our tour writer with him. Like, you can only right. play so many notes per solo. He was shredding, for sure. Oh, I like yeah. how he snuck Thunderstruck in there, too. Oh, yeah. Dude. I was like, wait a minute. Is he going down the Thunderstruck lane here? Yep. yep 100%. That's, you're welcome. So that was one of the things I told him. Because did, one time he did, he was doing, uh, I can't remember what he tried to do. I was like, dude, you should do a different like song riff every time at like the end of that freak out. Just like, dun, 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 dun. I think he did Braining Blood one time. He did. He did. Wow. And then we're like, yeah, dude, you should do something different like every time. Like, yeah. Go into like this anthrax riff or do that <laughs> and do a Thunderstruck. I was like, yeah, dude, just do all that. Just can't wait till he starts playing Cowboys from Hell. It's so good. <laughs> You know, it's good, fun stuff. But, yeah, speaking of being all over the place, like, you know, from what we heard online, like, I was expecting just, like, you know, straight-up garage rock. You have the keyboards and everything. And then y'all kind of went all over the place, too. There was, like, some straight-up boot scooting country music. There was there. a Charlie Crockett tune in there. Yeah, Tanya Tucker. Well, yeah, sorry. I do apologize. I, I should have said kids, praise Tanya. Yeah, the young kids will be like, oh, that's Charlie Crockett. That's but, what everybody always yeah. says, too. They're always like, Charlie Crockett. And I'm like, well. well. But I do say she just took uh-huh. Jamestown Ferry. So that is yeah. Charlie Crockett's version. That is his version. Yeah. But, and yeah, they killed it, by the way. Oh, man. I'm glad y'all like the variety in the set. That was was great. Good. We like to change it up because it's nice to have a little bit of, you know, what all your influences are and kind of infuse it into the set. Yeah. I think it keeps it interesting for everybody else, too. It kind of breaks up. We're like, oh. Yeah. Plus, it's a good way to expose people who are like, I only listen to this. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, that was kind of cool. Like, I've never heard that kind of music. Like, that country thing sounded really cool right there. Then totally. they that That sends them down that whole rabbit hole of like, well, yeah. here's, here's friends of ours that play music like this. Check it out. Totally. And then Have it gives heard? the ears a rest, too. So we're not just like blasting people with noise the whole time. Yeah. That's, that's a good call, too. Yeah. You know? I mean, you really have to, especially in a place like Swing Station. Yeah. It's so, you're right there. Totally. Like, there's all sound. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's just a fun way to honor different bands that we appreciate and, you know, respect them. And, you know, 
mix it with originals and covers and I come from Memphis where everybody's always playing each other's music you know so it seems fun to do it now and just kind of whether it's a new cover of Charlie Crockett doing Tanya Tucker or Concrete Blonde or you know whatever it might be or a local band that we mm-hmm. like to cover so yeah, I was fired up on the Concrete Blonde it's one of my favorite bands oh man me too so when we've always I keep hassling Kim it's like we need to do uh, Probably Will we need to do that you'd be great with that yeah especially with our lineup I was like that'd be perfect it would be so Pevin said you should so I'm just saying I yeah. think you should it'd be fun yeah, yeah. I want to hear it record it send next, it to next me next time Let's I come it. through she wants to hear it so okay she said record it and send it to her she's serious <laughs> yeah she's send me a demo <laughs> right. I'm gonna check it out so I can send you back some notes it's cool <laughs> there we go you should really do this I'll take that there was a guy there last night who loved Concrete Blonde too, and he's been texting me all morning about all his Concrete Blonde vinyl. And he's awesome. like, "Do you have this on vinyl?" And I said, "No." He's like, "I got an extra. Do you want it?" I was like, "I'm not gonna say no." Oh, right. Exactly. I mean, I'll pay you for it, but yes. Where do I pick this up? Yeah, it's just when you find someone who's like, none of my friends like this band, but I found someone who loves them as much as me. Yeah, we're best friends. None of my friends know who this band is. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I probably never. I just had a girlfriend in high school that was like, "This is like my favorite tape," and she gave me like, you know, that was the comp still in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Like the comp thing. And I was like, oh, hey. They're another band that was like all over the place. Yep. Like, you know, from Joey to God is a Bullet to like this whole yep. five genre jump. So Yeah, like so, still yeah. in Hollywood to like tomorrow yeah. Wendy's going to die. You yeah. Know? That kind of stuff. It was a huge jump. That was really what got me in a cheap trick, too, because on that, they covered Mandicello on there. And I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah. That's they're a great. cool song. And I had to be embarrassed. It's like the more like nice, happy, like relationship soundy song. It was <laughs> <it's> cool. <laughs> She was like, that song sucks. Like, you suck. <laughs> we should break up, but you can't it, have that. It's pretty. Back. I like pretty songs. What else do y'all like? We <laughs> like everything. Oh, I grew up listening to, well, before the whole religious break thing. Right. Uh, I loved hair metal. Yes, me too. Uh, metal, period, actually, I really enjoy. Grew up listening to like 80s country and yeah. classic 50s and 60s pop and uh, anything 80s pop I love. Yeah. And then I got into, out of necessity, had to get into contemporary Christian music in my teens. Like who? And, uh, Jars of Clay? <laughs> we're not going to talk about this again. Oh, no, we're going down that route. <laughs> no, we're not. You brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Uh, and then... <laughs> DC Talk? And I think when I moved to Houston was when I just kind of like, I just started digging just the hard rock kind of music was what I listened to. Yeah. And then I met Sam and, well, that's, I guess that's not true. I listened to some local stuff, but Sam was just like, why do you listen to the radio? <laughs> You should listen to all these bands. Yeah, I know. And uh, yeah, that, I I rarely turn on the radio for something new nowadays. Yeah, it's like a classic station. Well, that's the best part about playing in a band is you get to see all these really badass bands that you know, like, well, I know those people. Right? Mm-hmm. They're just as good or better than a lot of the stuff you find out there. So let's just go listen to their records. Right. Totally. Give them some plays. Yeah. 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 I'm also discovering that there was a whole genre that I completely missed as a kid didn't know anything about punk rock really yeah and the more i learn about it the more i enjoy it especially like female fronted punk rock bands so mm-hmm. i'm not gonna get out there and scream but well, so I'm I'm feeling that's, yeah. that's the next evolution of brightwater <laughs> that's when we turn into our rottweiler alter ego <laughs> that's when i have well, just... more throat surgery and i get all gravelly sound <laughs> there you go perfect yeah it's, it's funny because i come from that background and Kim was the one who's in our band who's always, we call her Dewey because she's always like, <laughs> play it faster. <laughs> play it faster. Here's the punk. <laughs> You're acting like some kind of punk. You know? I'm just going to say, as a lead 
as a lead singer, if your players slow down, you need way more breath to get through whoa, whatever line whoa. you're Did going through. Did she just through. say as a lead singer? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. She just took that. Get mantle. off your ass and do some cardio, <laughs> man. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> no. Are we go there? I mean, I'm... I don't want to. Right. I just have to play like... <laughs> right. my, arm, my, my arm hurts. I want to stop. <laughs> I have got... I mean, I've already had to have hand <sighs> surgery due to you. Me too. Yeah. Had to, you wanted me to pick so fast, I had to have carpal tunnel surgery. <laughs> it's just, I had carpal tunnel surgery like 10 years ago. I mean, just get on the plane. Just go. Hand. But yeah. <laughs> And then, like, it happens. We get old. They wear out. For like me, musically, like my brother was five years older than me, so a lot of it was like he got really into skateboarding, and then he's like, "Skateboarding sucks. Metal's where it's at." So here's like my circle jerks and black flag tapes and stuff like that. And I was like, "Oh, cool, nice." So you know, I'm like in third grade, getting in trouble for like, "What is this band called?" The Circle Jerks. (laughs) This is going to the principal. (laughs) Like, no, please, no. And then just after that, you know, I got the '90s hit, and it was like. I was a huge Faith No More fan. Oh, yeah. I think I'd be a better singer, too, but I just... I think you're fine. Sing off key along with Mike Patton, but I can't, you know, I can't do the Mike Patton, like... Who can? Like, His range is insane. A very yes. unique voice. Yeah. But, you know, I've been singing along for like 30 years. I should be better. No. That's <laughs> not the way that works. That's not how that works. If you sing along on the radio for three decades, you should be able to sing anything you hear. Exactly. Right? Okay, Barbara Streisand. Right. <laughs> oh, matchmaker, matchmaker. Yeah, we got maker. epic when I was a kid, and just that video that came out with Faith No More's, uh, which song was that? Where he's, the fish is flopping around. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's epic. epic. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, is that the name of the album, too, though? No, it's called The Album's a Real Thing. That real was. Thing, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so the video for Epic really set us off, and we were just obsessed with Faith No More after that first time seeing it. And then he was on the MTV Awards, and then he flops around like a fish at the end. And yes. That was incredible. Yeah. And then still just that big voice. I know, like, yeah. Where is that coming from? I know. Some people lucky, man. Some people lucky. No kidding. Some people get all the cool stuff. But yeah. But you know, same thing. I mean, you're from Memphis. It's Southern enough. It's like all your grandparents, stuff like that, or people uh-huh. you're around or listening to the country and stuff. Yep. So it's like, like I said, I just, my grandmother was a bartender in Beaumont, like in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Oh, wow. So it was like, oh, man, this is, I, this guy used to come and play at my bar. It's George Jones. No it was like, way. Okay. Like grandma. That's Which amazing. always was kind of like, grandma's probably full of shit. And then they started going through this in the last season of Cocaine and Rhinestones. And it was like, yeah, they played these bars. Like, these are all the bars my grandma worked at. Wow. Like, grandma wasn't lying. She was. I'm sorry, grandma. <laughs> I doubted you. <laughs> I'll never do I'll never doubt you again. I'm just grandma. terribly cynical, so everything's like, yeah, really, really. <laughs> I have to overqualify everything. So I'm the same. Like I'm like, no, that did happen. And here's like the photo from it. Here's this. Right. <laughs> I have to prove to you that you I'm not lying. <laughs> I knew enough people who just made stuff up. So you know. Yeah. So, so what know. instrument did you pick up first? I don't. Guitar. Really? Wait, 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 no, yeah. no. In jazz band? I played guitar in jazz band. Did you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, so you actually play guitar. Okay. You actually can read music? <laughs> it's a real Oh, very player. slowly. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> been so many years ago that's since I did that. Um, I, I do tablature now. I'm, okay. That's all I do. I just, uh, yeah, at one point when I was in the jazz band, I was reading music, and that was, I think I graduated from high school like 25 years ago. I was so. in jazz band, too. I played bass. Oh, yeah? But I also classically taught trumpet, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. I can read that music. I can't read bass music. Yeah. It's all by ear. My band director didn't know that. He yeah. knows that now. We had this insane guitarist in our jazz band too, though. So I was always second chair. So I was always like, okay, I'm going to run through my scales for my exercises during, you know, rehearsal. And then at the main gigs, it would be like him shredding, you know. Um, do y'all know Eric Gales, guitar player? Name. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, he was in the jazz band before me, and then this other guy, Chris Harris, they both were just like these insane shredders. So I was always in the background, kind of like timid and scared and playing the chords and just playing along, but never wanted to get in, in there and like improvise, you know? So definitely, uh, it was it was a jazz band-ish experience. Everyone needs a rhythm section. Yeah, say. true. Well, my brother's a shredder too, so it worked out perfectly for me to just play rhythm behind him See? when he is a ridiculous shredder, so... Yeah. Wrong with that? <laughs> you know, man. Seeing the SG back there. Malcolm Young was the heart of ACDC. Yeah. He's a player, but without Malcolm, just like the rock. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no, there's no real. Couldn't agree more. Got to have the rhythm. Got to stay in thing. Cause yep. You can be all over the place lead swap. You learn the three different lead riffs, and you're set. <laughs> like, rock solid rhythm player. I do love Malcolm. We just pissed R.I.P. off a lot of shredders right now. <laughs> like, I'm not just this. <laughs> So I try to, this is the story I tell myself every day to deal with living with John Stoll. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. Well, I'm, hard, I'm really good at rhythms. So. I count real good like, okay? I just naturally like one, two, three. Well, I just, just listening to y'all talk about, you know, I just wish I'd picked something up as a kid besides the piano because the piano is the root of everything i I wish i had played piano actually play i just took like a year of lessons when i was like 17 or 18 so i understand music from a piano standpoint i don't actually really play but getting something in your hands as a kid and getting comfortable with it yeah would have been i think much better for me maybe my fingers would have grown a little longer i could actually hold a guitar (laughs) it would have been great it'd been cool if like kimmy got into early beatboxing that's what she brought to the table. Like, what? Right. Oh my god. I was obsessive over the guitar for sure. I yeah. started when I was ten, and I just would lock myself in a room and just play, you know, wow. over and over the same tunes, or just try to perfect certain songs. And what did you have at ten? What did you have access to to play? My dad had a bunch of classical guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had his Starcaster Fender Electric. I don't know if y'all have seen those before. Yeah, they're they're yeah. pretty rare, actually, but yeah. um, he still has it. And I would play that and plug it into his Fender amp. And it was such a difference between that big, thick neck on the classical guitar and then playing his little, tiny Starcaster neck was like, you know, yeah. really skinny. Yeah. But yeah, I was obsessive over his, you know, record collection. And he listened to stuff like George Benson and Santana. But then he also loved like Led Zeppelin. and. Nice you know acdc and coming from dominican republic he was like i want to play rock and roll you know so he would always just like blast his amp on the weekend so i'd just like obsess over what he was playing and first thing i wanted to learn was stairway to heaven of course (laughs) so i just like spent a whole summer playing the same song over and over and they were like you have to go outside and do something (laughs) go play go do something yeah it's florida and it's hot yeah learn a second song I know exactly. <laughs> so did you know, like, basically from the moment you picked up an electric guitar that that was your instrument? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I still, I mean, I love playing acoustic, but it's mainly around, like, campfires with family. Like, we're going, I'm going to Tennessee this Friday, actually, for a family reunion, and my brother and I usually sit around the campfire and play acoustics, oh, stuff like that. But I love playing the electric. It's fun, for sure. Trying to get different sounds and, oh yeah, I don't know, like a soundscape with different pedals and stuff like that. Or just a gritty backing rhythm line yeah. is really fun to just play on you know yeah play a little bit of bass mm-hmm. but i wouldn't say that i'm an experienced bass player by any means <laughs> I mean, you are. if you can play guitar just now we're gonna take we're just gonna use the root finger <laughs> we're gonna slow this down we're gonna water this down a lot <laughs> there you go kid now you're a bass player by the way i started out playing bass jerk cool. oh, i mean me too but it's cool to, honestly to me my favorite bass players are the ones who kind of stay 
right there, especially when you're doing more like straight ahead rock, like even like you know to be all junk, like more garage rocky kind of stuff. Like it's better to have that kind of do 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 do. Yeah, I love that idle mode. Just instead of just that do 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 do. It's like it's like what the fuck's happening? This doesn't belong here. Too many notes. Right. You you have a maximum amount of notes there, bass player. You've exceeded. And there's like one song and you're sad that should be like that and then everything else right exactly you can have that one show off song (laughs) don't have a bass solo because everyone's going to the bathroom (laughs) it's also cool because like your I think a thing we think help with the set too is like your band gets it because like you know sound check like your league player's like but then when you are playing it's like a lot of sustained like big rock notes it's yeah. like like dude knows the assignment like it's yeah. not he studied I'm not here to shred over this I'm here to make like we're rocking right now right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is booty shaking music <laughs> and I love that you play with a synth player like that's yeah. it's not cool. something you see in, in bands a whole heck of a lot yeah it's been a recent development and it's been really fun Justin actually used to play the bass with us and then um, we started playing around with different sounds and I was like maybe we could add a synth in and just really create some you know connecting sort of ambiance with songs and have that bass layer of synth sounds and it's been really fun to have him add those in and he's just really embraced it and jumped on it and so now we play with Ronnie who's playing bass and um, it's been a fun addition to the different sets you know. Yeah, cool. it's definitely new though. I would say within the last maybe year and a half. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think everything I looked at online was like around a year old or so. So I was trying yeah. to get some, like a recent picture of what you've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's All the best bands have a keyboard player, even if it's just. That's what like, I was gonna say. I knew you right. were gonna say that. He's always playing <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Van Halen jump, or you know, like what kind of sound is that? Yeah, he's he's having fun with it though. Yeah, those dirty like chords coming out, like the, you know, the semi organ you know modulation and stuff it just always adds like a really cool totally like 60s vibe to everything yeah mm-hmm. yeah we've been playing some songs that he just really kind of builds it up in the beginning and then swells the sound and it's like the intros to the song but then on songs like jamestown fairy he'll have that like organ yeah. just sort of backing sound back there it's just perfect so he can really be versatile with it and accompany sort of any kind of genre we play you know that's good man. yeah i don't know how long have you been writing i guess maybe i should start there good question i started writing when i was in my like teen years i would make up songs when i was a little kid like my cousins make fun of me because they're like yeah you used to sit around and make up songs and then i went through a long period of just being obsessed with playing sports and scared to play the guitar in the jazz band because i had all these shredders with the band and so i just kind of like withdrew from music but played it just because i just had fun playing but not really felt like i didn't really feel like it was a necessity at that point but i would say in my late teen I really started writing songs and um, I think it started with just the music itself and just mm-hmm. the rhythm and the rhythm arrangements and, and then the lyrics would sort of come afterwards and it started to flip-flop over the years sort of reading and studying about how you know songwriting works and different songwriters how they write their songs and different structures developing a melody and yeah so now it's it's starting to morph into not just me writing so I've been writing with Justin who's on the synth and then this next spring hopefully working with the rest of the band actually write some songs together because I've been really guarded about that my whole right. life. Like, oh, what if I don't like it? Like, what if we write something together and I just don't have a say? Like, I've always been so scared of that, you know, but I've recently let that go. And I think the pandemic really helped me realize, like, I can't just do all this by myself. So started remotely writing songs together with people. And that's been really fun to start collaborating and not just be so guarded about everything. Like out of necessity, you had to. Or yeah. Or you were going to go nuts. Totally. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, wow. So a cool way to discover something about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a process for sure. It's been an evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that I can't just like guard everything and assume that everything else that comes up from other people is going to be something that I'm not comfortable with or I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird. Y'all feel that way? Like you ever feel guarded about music that you write or yeah. oh, you yeah. share with people? I don't, I don't write with them. <laughs> they just send me notes. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll play those notes. It's fine. But it's it's they very like I don't know. It's it's relationship like you know. Sometimes it's good to have like that. I don't know, like little fling kind of relationship where you get together with someone. But more often, you want someone who's like, okay, I can trust them. Yeah. Like we're gonna do this. We're making this together. Yeah, like your friend Ben. Yeah, and it's the stuff you don't want to have. Or plus, you don't want to have a song. It's always that fear of like, I'm gonna write this cool song with someone, like, and they turn out to be like a jerk, or yeah. you know, suddenly post some crazy political shit on Facebook. That, like, <laughs> and like, oh, gotta walk that. You're like, oh man, I really don't want to be associated with that dude. Yeah, um, we wrote a really good song. <laughs> but then every time you play it, it's like this brings up bad memories. Like this right. bums me out. Totally, you ruined it, Jerry. So it's like you, you gotta kind of be like, okay, dude, like I really have to feel safe with you. Yep. You know. Totally. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I still I still feel weird with Sam and that, that really? we write together. Yeah. Um uh yeah, no, I my whole life I hid all of my writing from the entire world. Okay. <laughs> just it's just me. But no, I think yeah, the more you get comfortable with people, the more you you know Yeah. Throw it out there and I've come with lyrics and you know, Sam's written music, I've come with a melody and, you know, we've collaborated on lyrics. It just kinda depends on my mood, I guess. But yeah. I'm I'm trying to be more obviously my stuff is not amazing. It just it needs like like that sandpaper of somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think well, your I, stuff's great. Yeah, and I think it helps to have someone that you trust that's yeah, yeah, that's that's right. out of the moment to look, stand back and go like, Hey, this part's kinda yeah. redundant or this is but getting to the point where I'm ready to let somebody look at it is where I have trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is that trust factor, though. Yeah. 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 It's like the band Blind Melon, like their first record, Brad Smith, their bass player, wrote everything, like lyrics and all. And then by the second record, he was like, on like probably 90% of the songs. Second record is like, oh, here's some placeholder lyrics, but like, you're the singer, dude. I yeah. trust you to add lyrics to what my, these songs. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have to control everything like you. So it's kind of cool when you have bands do that, where it's like, okay, we're we're a unit now, and we can all have feedback. And it kind of also helps give that sense of ownership, too, where it's like, okay. Right. Like, we're in this together. It's not just, mm-hmm. I'm going to walk in, they're like, here's what you play, or here's what you play along to this, and I'm going to sing this. And it's like, well, cool, I'd like to have a say. Like, no. <laughs> right, you're the drummer. You don't have an opinion. <laughs> you're on the ones and twos. Come on, buddy. It's your thought. Right. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> this current configuration that I'm playing with, though, these guys are all really creative, and, you know, they'll come to practice or rehearsal and just say, like, oh, I'd like to try this, you know, with this song, or maybe this different arrangement, and it's just really fun because they do come with the ideas. And, yeah. you know, know it's i've had different groups that i've played with where which is fine they would just be like okay this is your song we're gonna play it exactly how you want to play it and there was a time and place for that but i feel like it's like evolving now into wanting to work together and you know make sure that everybody's contributing and hopefully you know over the next few months we can move more into that because over the last i would say eight years it's been me just kind of like grinding on okay these are my songs let's play these songs but moving away from that because it's time to like relax and trust people and you know be a little bit more creative and collaborate plus it it, i don't know for you but to me it's like it's one of the best feelings ever just to walk out like a band practice and someone brought something in you're like like holy shit like my song just sounded like that totally like that riff took it to a new level like that thing and it's like holy Oh, yep. You know, you're yeah. walking out in the car. <laughs> I hope they don't see me. Practice, 
practice was great, guys. And then you go out to the car, and it's like, oh, God. Yep. They're like, Sam, we can see you on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like that. Like, that sounded great. So when did you start playing the dobro? How long have I been in this band? <laughs> right, like, really? Yeah. Five years? Yeah, yeah, five years ago. That's cool. I love yeah. the dobro. It's beautiful. And it's, it's a fun instrument. Um, I started out, uh, I'm a bass player, and then I had some friends at a country band. I was running sound for them, and they're like, hey, man, you just know how to play this instrument. They gave me like, this little, little like, cute cue ball like stick like cue stick yeah so what the hell is this open up it's a lap steel i was wow. like oh cool i'll learn how to play that cool and so i taught myself how to do that and then i played with them for a while then i got into a like a country <laughs> punk band and did that and that was fun and then they came around and like hey if you do it with us you could do it acoustically and not have to carry an amp and i was like say no more sold yeah so it was funny because like I think we were recording and he was like, "Hey man, you know, just a real friendly dude." So it's like you know we didn't even know Health that well. And he's like, "Hey man, if you are doing anything, you ever need someone to play like Dobro, I think I have one and I, I'd use it." And <laughs> so everyone do that. It's like okay. And then the phone is Chad, the singer for Grizzly Band, was like, "Yeah man, I think we're done. Like we're gonna break up." And I was like, "So what you're saying is like your band's free now." <laughs> <laughs> I was eligible to be traded. And we were like, <laughs> claimed on waivers. <laughs> it's pretty much instantaneous. Like, yeah, you're with us now. But yeah, it, it, it's just a fun instrument. And it's it's a nightmare for most sound guys. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, shit. Because right. all it does is feedback in monitors and mm-hmm. stuff. But Matt last night nailed it. I never once yeah, got feedback in the monitors. Yeah, I didn't so hear So shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah, I man. Because normally that D, Thanks, the low D string is like. Resonates. Yeah. Dude, he nailed it. That guy, like, let's bring. So you just go direct with it. You don't have an amp. No, I have no amp. I use this really awesome uh, Fishman preamp that I bought. A guy who plays for Jake Owen. I talked to him. He's a pedal steel player for him, but he plays dobro with him too. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, what do you use? Because like, I'm noticing that every time I play live, you know, the sound guy just wrecks my tone. Like, and he goes, "Dude, get this pedal." Jerry Douglas, a famous dobro player designed this pedal with Fishman and he went through and did all these pre-recordings with um, different setups of different mics and locations and all that stuff huh. and so it's all pre-programmed in there so I can just turn the knob and I got the tone wow. and so I just go straight from that so it always guarantees that I have the same tone and then you know hopefully we don't get any feedback that's yeah. it yeah but it's, it's awesome it makes my life so much easier so I can basically like I did a tour where we flew in and all I had to bring was my dobro and have a little mini board and Good. that was it. Okay. That's that so, awesome. so nice. Made my life great. So. Wow. Nice. Well, sound Fish, great. Fishman, if you want to sponsor me, hey, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. seen their amplifiers, right? Don't they make amplifiers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their stuff's really good. But that was, you know, it was, it was not cheap. But man, it, it was a game changer. The second yeah. I got that, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. now this makes sense. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound, it, like a dobro sounds like a dobro, but through certain PA systems, it just, it's all tinny oh, sounding. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's painfully piercing. Yeah, right. it hurts your ears. So yeah. I was thankful for that. They've but had a few Dobros come through the swing station. True. <laughs> yeah, well, Sugar Bridges alone has that, uh, what's his name? He's, Ansel. Yeah, dude, yeah. that guy's sick. He's a beast. I know. Yeah. I was glad he wasn't in town to judge me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, do you need lessons? <laughs> Actually, yes, sir, I do. <laughs> I think they had a gig last night. I talked to Brian this morning. Yeah, they're in Wyoming, I think. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Whatever. He, just, he, he did that on purpose. He didn't want to hang out with us. I know. I missed him. I texted him this morning. I was like, where were you, man? So we were actually looking at your guitars while you were downstairs. Which one is your favorite to play? Well. Um, they can hear you, by the way, so be careful. I know. I'm looking at the Telecaster. Oh, they're uh, in the room. <laughs> the Telecaster is my favorite. Okay. I got that in Memphis, let's see, 2005. And uh, it just, you could drag it behind a pickup truck and it would still be in tune. That thing is so solid. 
That's what and I just mean. love playing. Like I love like the Pixies and yeah. just uh, that sort of gritty, sort of bitey sound to the rhythm playing it and like grungy sort of rock music. But you can also play country with it and you can play folk sound and music with it. And it's just really versatile. But I do love ACDC. And so I had to get myself an SG. And that was a present to myself uh, during the pandemic. I was like, well, I'm not spending my money elsewhere. So I'm going to buy myself this SG that I've always wanted. So it's an investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an investment, and uh, it's paid off finally. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but I do love playing that SG. It's it's a solid rhythm guitar, and I don't really like playing it with a capo. It, it kind of tends to sound a little weird when you try to put a capo on it. Yeah. But it's got this beefy sound for the, most of the rhythm songs that I play. Yeah. It's a Gibson thing. Yeah. G string never stays in tune. Yeah, exactly. We're, gonna, sound, we're gonna get a but they sound cool. Them. Damn it. <laughs> the only thing I do go through, like, oh, that dude has, like, Gibson acoustics. And, <laughs> True. You know? I have a Gibson bass. <laughs> or I have album. a Gibson songbird. That's my acoustic. Nice. Yeah. I used a Firebird on our record. and Yeah. Use this. Use a 68. Use, yeah. Of course, actually, Epiphone's just as good. I've heard this. Get Epiphone. It's, just, it's fine. It is. Y'all listen to Lucero? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben uses Ben the, uses uh, Epiphones. That's what I, I just got. One of those, the uh, Sheridan. Yep. Yeah. I like that guitar. It always sounds real good. Yeah. Yeah. I just got one. I used on a few songs. That was all of our he- lower electric. Was all the heavier was using a Sheridan. Nice. That was my excuse. I was like, I paid off my Sweetwater card. <laughs> I'm gonna it put looks some more so money on lonely. it. It's already in my budget. Look at zero. <laughs> do- it's only four dollars for the next eighteen years. Like I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> if I get feeling frisky, I can double up on the payments. Right. <laughs> what was your acoustic you played last night? Um, that's actually a Bonanzinga. However, Bill sells his name, yeah, Bonanzinga. Oh. So, um, it's a dude we knew from uh, New York that builds guitars. Okay. So he builds guitars. I think like how I first saw him and became aware of him was Jay Farrar from Sunvolt. He builds a bunch for him. Got it. Uh, Brian Henneman from the Bottle Rockets, Kelly Willis, and then just helped him with his website for years and years and years. And then my mom died a few years ago, and I was like, I want something that's just going to be like, use some of that money, buy something that, you know, special guitar, they'll just be. Yeah. Like for me. And yeah, so he built that, and it was, it's cool. It's almost like playing Les Paul, like the neck's real thin and everything. So yeah. I can do all my weird thumb wrap around. Nice. Because the chubby fingers, it's like doing an F. So like. <laughs> Trying to get four fat guys in a golf cart. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, oh, it's oh my like God. if I can wrap my thumb around, it's like, great, that eliminates one of them when we have more space. <laughs> that so, is like the perfect description. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Oh my God. I'm using that in my class this week when I get that. Was, that was improv, man. You got to be ready to improv that four shit. Four fat guys perfect. in a golf cart. But I mean, it really is where it's just like, oh, they're all squished in. <laughs> they're all rubbing together. <laughs> It feels like I'm playing mandolin or something, but yeah. Oh my gosh. So I just, you guys talking about playing guitars is just making me feel like a total fa- failure because the first time I tried to wrap my hand around a guitar and couldn't really make a chord, I was just like, I can't do well, this. That's where most people give up. So anyone listening who doesn't play hard, it hurts for a while. It, it does. Is, yeah, it takes stretching. a long time. I mean, it's very unnatural hand positions. Yep. Like I always tell people like when you start, it's like, do this, like make an F chord or something when you're not and see how that feels. It's like, ow. It's like, yeah. But you do it long enough and it's like oh it's fine look, you look like you're flipping people off when you start trying to play minor chords yes. <laughs> or just you know, small handed people start picking up a dobro square neck go <laughs> yeah. for it you use a bar there you go yeah. the only time it sucks oh. is when you're up north and it's cold I'm just trying to find a band to play my ukulele in. <laughs> or do like uh, Samantha Crane does, who, if you've never heard Samantha oh, Crane's awesome. I haven't. 
But she's maybe like, she's shorter than Kim. She may yeah, be like 4'10", 5 foot. And she plays, but she down tunes her guitars and capos them up pretty high so that she can play stuff so the frets are closer. And it's like, huh. there's always a way to get around it. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Tenor guitar. True. Yeah. Baritone, dobra, uh, baritone uh, ukulele. Because it's basically a guitar, just the bottom four strings. Hmm. So, you know, but yeah, it is funny trying to get to where it's like, oh, this is so... Don't give up when it hurts at first. It's normal. Yeah, totally. Open tune your guitar. Use one finger. <laughs> there you go. We've talked about that. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things, like, uh, a big Melvin's fan, which I talk about all the time. And But that was some Buzz Osborne. Like, I don't understand why we try to make it hard for everybody. Everyone, when they get a guitar, should be like, here's open E. Yep. Play with one finger. <laughs> yeah. Figure out shapes. And he goes, then when you want to make it more difficult for yourself, start tuning it to normal and then learn all the weird shapes. He's like, but tune something you can sit down. If you can play a song the first day, you'll be like. Gives you so much confidence. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, dude, I want to do this. Like, I was able to make this. Even just drop D, it's like, here, you can play power chords all day by yeah. yourself. And it's like, this is. Right. I recently learned that uh, the Melvin's bass player was Shirley Temple's daughter. Yeah, Lori Black, like back in the olden days. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, she was in a couple of weird bands, too. What was the one? Something Circus. But yeah, she was actually like dirty, grungy, heavy bands. And then it was like, like you said, they started dating and moved to San Francisco. It was like, by the way, my mom's kind of famous. Yeah. Like, like kind of famous. Kinda. Yeah. It's like they Shirley go, Temple famous. Right. It's like, did we she go to the house? drink named yeah, after her. <laughs> it's tasty. It's cherries and 7-Up. So Damn, it's good. Being just some like, you know punk metal-ish kind of guy and it's like dating some girl it's like yeah we're gonna go visit my parents at Shirley Temple like, oh. what hey what's up right like we're here this is weird yeah can you do the song it's good chip lollipop <laughs> come on and if you don't listen to no wait that's not is it her that does I want a hippopotamus for Christmas she probably did a version I mean there's you know those. I mean they, they sweatshopped those kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's why none of them acted when they got older it was like right out. I'm going to go into politics to fix these things, but then the money's too good and they don't. So, you know. It's like, That's good. They do it in music, too. Here's two million bands. if you don't change it. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know what we can I mean, I grew up like, a well-adjusted right. well adult. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I was I'm, not mad at all. <laughs> so, y'all fine. said you have a, a new album coming out? Wait, who's interviewing who here? No, I know. Like like a, everyone's going to be like, turn on tables. We don't want to hear y'all. Oh, <laughs> you just recorded an album. No, no. Um, but we we did. We just finished a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I had Thank to do God. it to keep from messing with it. It's like already pushed it out. It's coming out in March. We got singles. Cool. And it was just like I have to put it out, or else I'll be like, I'm you know, I mean, we probably could go back and re re record this this part. Right. It'll be like we, we're sitting on the couch talking, and the the knee starts to go, <laughs> and then he's looking at his phone, and then like twenty minutes later, he's yeah. like, I'll be gone, I'll be back, I'm gonna go in the office, and I won't see him for like three hours, but I hear the album just playing like one song <laughs> on a constant loop, like I'm something, something in there he doesn't like that he can't yeah. fix. <laughs> But I even found, it was a funny thing. So we have a, a Better Off Gone song has been on, out on an EP. And we went back and we re-recorded it. But because I'm lazy, I'm like, I oh, will reuse this bass track. And it's like the bass track's going to change. But, <laughs> and we'll re-record a few other, like we recorded drums and a few other things with it. And like as we're mastering this one, it's like, wait, something weird happens there. Like I apparently have some weird like muscles spaz, like do-do-do-do-do-do. And I was like, like, this has been out a year and I've never heard this. Wow. So like a minute 15, if you listen, there is a mistake on the EP version. They never would have known had we not mentioned that. I know. But then I had to go back and I was like, oh no, I got to fix this. But you know, is this- digital recording, cut and paste. There go you go. In and out. Yeah. So it comes out in March. 
Yeah. That's exciting. That. I know. Yeah, we've been doing more crazy stuff. Because during the pandemic, we were stuck at home where before, like our first record was just very, we recorded it basically live with microphones and just recorded it like one shot. Yeah. We got stuck inside the house for Hurricane Harvey. Oh, for gosh. 12 days? Wow. Yeah, something like that. So we just basically, we recorded all this stuff, click tracked out, and it just sounded like very robotic. Mm-hmm. And we're like, do we play? At the time, it was just me and Kim. So I was like, we'll do this live, acoustic and all that, you know, two vocals. Like, let's just do it how we do it live. Yep. So we did that. Then we had a few friends come in. That's where For Hell First did. He came in and played a couple songs. And then. And I pointed out that one of the songs. Yeah, that I actually changed court, like speed, like I guess timing, like on yeah. the choruses. And I was like, well, you know, that's just how it goes. <laughs> it's punk rock, baby. It's only. We only wrote this song two weeks ago. What do you want from me? And then we got trapped at home during the pandemic, and I've been taking drum lessons and stuff and just playing. And I was like, Fuck, man, we make a real record. Yeah. So then we just started layering stuff on. And John did a great job from Richards and Chills mixing and everything. But every time he turned the drums up, I was all paranoid. I'm like, don't turn them down. Yeah. So like it's kind of thin sound just because I kept telling John, turn the, turn the drums down. And this is the Better Off Gone? No, this is the uh, uh, Crack, Flawed, and Frayed, like our big record we have. Got it. Okay. And then this record, I was like, not, nah, I was less afraid. So I was like, okay, I know how to play drums. Like, I've done this. Like, I've been playing with I think we gain confidence with everything we record. I don't, it, you're like that. I mean, right? I'm sure you feel that way. Yeah. You hear yourself and you're like, that For doesn't sure. sound terrible. Okay. Yeah. It definitely gets better every time. I mean, I always hear flaws and I could tinker with it forever, but there's some point you just got to let it go and yeah. move on to the next project. But yeah, for sure. I always have this like panic thing. I'm starting to wonder if it's my ears. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I'm at that age where I need to get my hearing checked, but it also is probably just my anxiety being on stage. And But I'll hear one of you play in a video, somebody... I posted something on Instagram. I'm like, I was 99% sure that I made a really bad mistake right there. And I didn't. It, you don't even hear anything. Yeah. So it's like, it, maybe it's my ears. I don't know. But uh, we're just super critical of ourselves, well, I think. Yeah. Right. I yeah. That. Everyone's that way. Yeah. I guess and so. Kim's gotten really good. She used to not be able to hear anything. And it was really annoying. Now I'd play stuff. She's like, there's something weird there. And I'm like, I'm the one who's like, oh my God, a bird made a sound outside. I know. I just heard it. And she's like, no, there's something weird. It's like, there's not. There's something weird with a kick drum. They like isolate. It's like, it bounced the head. And it's like, yeah. I told you you messed up. Whatever. Just, it takes a while. I'm, I had to train my ears because they're, and I'm still training them. They don't work very well. Yeah, and the <laughs> like ear fatigue is a real thing too. If you listen yeah. to stuff over and over for yes. so long, you got to take a break because yeah, just starts sounding. Sound. Well, no, warped. I even say there's like that whole dysmorphia thing where no matter how it sounds, everything sounds wrong. Your mm-hmm. ears are hearing something you focused on. Yeah, and you're like. oh, and you hear it like we were doing all the yeah. DSing stuff. And it was like, when I spoke and I said S sound, I was like, <laughs> I can't say any S words in public anymore because <laughs> I hear the s- <laughs> It's like, no, please stop. No. Sup, guys. It's terrible. It's like the worst. Do you record your own stuff or do you, like, have you recorded in studios or? It's been a mixture of things. So the first album is called uh, Attack of Killer Redheads and did that in a studio here in town with uh, Stout Studios and so my brother was in town that was another time I convinced him to come out here from <laughs> Memphis and I was like hey while you're here do you want to play some drums and bass on this record and so we went and worked with Darren Radich and uh, he recorded everything for us and then he mixed and mastered it and then the second album we did more of like a DIY went to my friend Jared's house and just recorded we had one full day in the studio just to crank out all the guitar and drums so i did guitar my brother did drums and 
subtract everything else just one at a time and it was a really long process and it was July and he had no air conditioning oh, and we're gosh. like in this tiny ass room just like sweating our asses off like four of us crammed into one room trying to get everything done so it was it was a long process but we were so happy with how it turned out but it was a way different experience than the first you know just sort of do everything in the studio mm-hmm And then the pandemic recording I was telling you about, that was more when I started recording myself at home and and then started working with my friend Shane over here who lives not too far away. And he has this old um, reel-to-reel Tascam 388. And I was walking past his garage one day and he's like, I was like, what is that reel-to-reel, you know? Can we please record with that? And uh, he's like, sure, come over. So pandemic style, just kind of went over there and cranked out a bunch of songs and then started sending pedal steel tracks back and forth for some of the songs and then vocals for friends who live north of town and so that was more of a remote sort of DIY project Um, and then this last one we did Madison and Angelus which came out last year we just went one full day in the studio and just cranked out all the songs all four of us and then sent it off for mastering and mixing and it was more of an experiment of like let's try not to make it last for you know 17 months to get it done let's see how fast we can crank this out and it ended up being like nine months versus you know over a year but um I don't know I just like to experiment with different ways of doing things so we had like this sound engineer who has this studio north of town he converted his parents garage into a a studio and he's interned at the blasting room here in town so he like reverse engineers all of his microphones and he has all of these sound walls that he's built he's a carpenter and he just really has set this place up in his own way and so it was a really unique place to go record and it's just out in the mountains and um it was pretty it was a pretty cool experience just to spend a day out there with him yeah and then we sent it in to get mastered mixed with uh, the blasting room so i'm always using the blasting room mainly for my mixing and mastering but other than that it's been an array of experiences for actually capturing the tracks yeah that's really cool we've never done it in the studio before <clears throat> unless you account was it america's what's it called oh i can't remember now oh. the recording studios that used to be in the mall Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that. that's right. I remember those. It's <laughs> the yeah. only studio I've ever recorded. Did you also do nice. glamour shots? No. Don't even lie. <laughs> My whole family did glamour shots. I never did them, thank God. But whew, glad I didn't. I dodged a bullet with that one. You did. You did. <laughs> the smoky look. On oh yeah. <laughs> the black lacy sort of like ro- rose your sort feathery of feathery boa. Oh my God. <laughs> so funny. Your six picture was just a school picture, right? My what? The one where you look like Blossom's friend six, where you have <laughs> that was six. I that forgot. was one of my graduation photos. Okay, yeah, she had, oh. the, she had the hat and everything. And so like, we're gonna post that when this out when this episode comes Dude, out. It's already post, out there. I posted it before. It might actually be on her Instagram. It needs yeah. to come back, cycle back through that bad boy. It's amazing. It's a future album cover. I just I didn't have a great <laughs> smile, so I was just kind of wistful, and I look really sad actually. So I look. <laughs> But I have a great hat and great hair. <laughs> you actually had a hat on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had the hat. That's why so she You actually had the... Wow. Like one of the now I'm, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and find the photo. Great. <laughs> but we'll yeah. show it to you. But I think a lot of it is, especially with, you know, kind of style like you're doing right now and everything, it's, it works better when you just go in and do it and, like, get the band together. And yeah. Just, yeah. So, I mean, all these great bands in the old days used to be like, okay, we can afford, like, 12 hours in the studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to record go it in eight and mix it in four, and then we're done. Yeah. Hey, you know, these are some of the like, recordings that stand the test of time. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, hell, you know, you grew up in Memphis. You go to any of the old stacks or sun. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're talking about. Like, well, we just move the piano three feet up if we need it louder. And it's like, yep. and, you know, everybody this day is like, nothing sounds as good as those records. Yeah. And we're all like, you have to isolate everything. And 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It sound like this. Three tracks for this and four tracks for that. Yeah. yeah we, we overdid that on Baby Dragon, which, don't get me wrong, I love how Baby Dragon sounds, but like you said, on this most recent recording, we were all in the room together. We made sure we could just all play at the same time, and it just made the vibe of the whole record just so much better because it just was warm, and you could, and it was the first time we didn't use the click track either. We just played it because yeah. we were like, our drummer was like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to use that. And so we were like, okay, well, let's try this experiment and see how it goes. And there are definitely parts where the tempo changes. <laughs> it's noticeable. But at the same time, it makes it more realistic. And, you know, I kind of like that unique part of the album. You know, it's like you can hear the different fluctuations in the timing. It doesn't feel super robotic, like you're right. you're stressing to stick to that click track, you know. So I thought that was pretty fun. I mean, I'm not saying we'll always record without a click track, but it was fun to experiment and just kind of go out there and do it. Well, see, I'm a big fan of like the, the theater of it all, where it's like, okay, this song should get slower here and yeah. a little more like... Totally. You know, like, okay, and then... Where's the build? Even just five, <laughs> even just five beats per minute, just bring it down and come back up. Well, then that's why like a lot of like singer songwriters who do like the just the single acoustic thing when they do the band thing, it's hard for them because when they play it, they play it based off feeling. Yeah. And so if you're the one trying to square it out, you're like, "Hey, buddy, yep, like that's not four four. Like I don't know what you're in, you know." And that kind of changes the dynamic for them. So yeah, so sometimes it works better to just throw it all at one time and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that from some drummers too. Is like some songwriters they play with, it's hard for them. Yeah. to click together because the songwriters going on so many different adventures with their tempo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the drummer's like, hold up. <laughs> hold up, bro. <laughs> hold you up. got your job, I got my job. Yeah, exactly. Where do we mean the middle? <laughs> Split the difference. They definitely took a while. I mean, I played in bands and stuff, but when I did solo stuff, trying to like bring people into that, where it's like, well, no, this is where sometimes, when it feels right, mm-hmm. we just drop everything out here and just kind of like play really soft and sing this. And then it's like, Oh, I didn't know that was coming. Like, well, health, too bad. Now you do. Yeah, exactly. Do you do that to me all the time, 15, too? 15% of the time, that may happen. Right. But now you're used to it. Yeah, like, okay. I anticipate having to, you kind to of t- slide into something. Yeah. Tim can always kind of tell us, like, I can tell by the way you're playing going into it if you're going to drop out or if you're going <laughs> to... I'm not nice. I don't make eye contact or nope. anything. Well, I, <laughs> it wouldn't help you anyway. No cues, I don't look no up. indicators. None. <laughs> I'm too busy going, whoa, what's that person doing? Yeah. Uh, there's one person looking at us, so we're more dramatic. Someone's actually paying attention. So it's like, this is for you. We have, we, have a, we have a rule now, like in our writer when we tour, that there can't be a TV in his eyesight when we're on stage. Yeah. It's not good. Like, it's, it, yeah, severe ADD. Like, if it's like anything's happening, it's like, <laughs> did i just skip a whole verse was it the yes, outside show recently where the the traffic was bothering you like you kept <laughs> oh, God. Well, no, it was just like the most busy street then the cops kept coming by i'm like what do we do what's happening like what's, what's, are we in trouble arrested like there's a whole drama taking place because the stage looked out on the street oh my gosh <laughs> and it's just like there's, there's stuff happening like all around oh gosh and it's like <clears throat> Yeah, so I have to lean over to Kim during Instagram. I was like, we do, what verse are we on? <laughs> Is this the first or third verse? So see, kids, even professionals, we, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> you know, we're winging it. What? It's a whole muscle memory. <laughs> it's It could go off the rails at any moment. <laughs> I always say that's the fun thing about seeing big bands and stuff now that you play and stuff. You start noticing. And you also notice how little people notice when you make mistakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because you'll be at a show and you'll be like, I can tell by the way the bass player just looked over at the guitar player that one of them just made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it. But they all kind of look and kind of smirk or laugh. And it's like, yep. okay, like I'm here I am seeing like Foo Fighters and suddenly someone looks over like, mm-hmm. oh, you just missed that. It's like, you, 
get really good at covering it up. <laughs> right. It's like there's so much stage volume, stuff like that. Dude, I didn't hear that. <laughs> no one noticed, bro. But it's just funny that like we see people start going like, ooh. Yeah. I'm like, could everybody make Nobody's perfect. I know. That's such a rule. Is like, don't make a weird face if you mess up. Just go with it. Don't stop and be dramatic. I can tell when people do that. And I'm like, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's the first rule. Just don't stop. Yeah, just exactly. Go through it. Just keep going. Well, that was funny. Like when Jordan, our friend we interviewed last, last interview we did last season, she was talking about that. She's like, yeah, I just went to a show. She was after being in a band for so long. I'm like. It's weird that the bass player and guitar player aren't talking to each other or not even interacting. Like, I wonder what they're angry about. And this person, there must be something going on because they're doing this. Uh-huh. And then just you could see, like, everyone's, he's like, the whole other band's interacting except for this one member. And it's like, something happened. Like, they got a fight before they came on stage. I'm like, wow. I was like, you really go to a different place. He's like, yeah, I just am always like... <laughs> <laughs> I start noticing all the band drama because I'm and it's like hard it's like okay we're here to listen to the music we're not here to see what's going on with the band but it's just funny how people start going wait mm-hmm. that's weird <laughs> well, we're all human yeah true well yeah and it's hard to have five people together stuffed into a van together <laughs> I don't know how she did. I, th- I think that was the first thing I ever said to her I was like I don't know how you tour in a van with these five guys <laughs> four guys <clears throat> make sure every so often you have some space everyone needs to like, make sure there's like yeah, space yeah. places well that's yeah. something that i've never really done you guys have all the experience with touring i've never really toured no. i've only ever played and play, like just regional kind of locally? yeah local areas i would love to go tour but then the way people talk it up it kind of makes me want to not <laughs> <laughs> talking about licking toilets and oh. you know uh it's just the, you, the earlier punk band days was yeah like yeah do you have a place we can stay it's like you stay with me it's like <laughs> it would be like six people just like in this floor of this little studio like okay yeah. like, i'll just guess i'll sleep in the bath in the bathtub yeah yeah i was I, we, we stayed in new jersey one night and like as I'm an not, adult i'm as an adult yeah as an adult. Yeah. and i'm still not sure that, that anyone owned that house i think we're in a squatter house <laughs> oh you know i was like this is how i die no <laughs> yeah so i mean it's I children it, right we but see now we tour the three of us tour in a kia soul yeah yeah so it's like, you better like each other because exactly. you were right by each other the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Audiobooks. Audiobooks are the key because they're like, we're listening to the story. We're not talking. We're not arguing about anything. Yeah, we're exactly. That's the story. We nice. We've listened to so many great books. <laughs> that sounds nice. It really is. No, we, we have a good time, man. But, but you know, I think the, the biggest thing is just finding bands and towns you want to play with that mm-hmm. you like. Yeah. Do shows like that, and then you're going to have a good time because they're going to make sure yeah. that they, you know, put everything out there, make to make people there, and you know, get you paid and all that stuff. That's what you want. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine like trying to do it now, not knowing anybody. Right, like just cold calling. You know, yeah. Ooh, no, thank you. It seems so daunting for me yeah. to even consider it. And plus, the guys I play with, they all have kids, and you know, it's just hard for everyone to get away. And look, yeah. if there are school teachers like me, you can have kids and go do stuff. So. Well, one of them's a teacher. AJ, the drummer, he's an okay. occupational, well, he's a music therapy okay. oh, cool. professor at CSU. Well, that's a little, that's a little, I teach high school. But. Well, <laughs> but he's a teacher, so he's got yeah. the teacher schedule. And see, um, that's, that's what is nice. Yeah, but I don't know about everybody else and their schedules. We'll see. Maybe we can find some time to get away. Are you like us? Do you have like a full-time day job kind of thing? Yeah. Yep. Adulting. Mm. Yep. Adulting. So stupid. Ain't it fun. That's why everyone at work's like, why don't you take a real vacation? It was like, No. <laughs> like the, I've, this year was the first time I've taken any trip just as a just to go somewhere. Yeah. Now just because from the pandemic we had all this airfare we had paid we were going to play it do a Pacific Northwest tour. Oh wow. And then the pandemic hit. Then it <sighs> came back 
And rental cars went from like thirty dollars a day to one hundred and twenty dollars a day. They're ridiculous now. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, cool. We can't, can't. We're gonna play ten shows in ten days and probably make you know hundred dollars a show or two hundred. And all of that is going to a rental yeah. car, and it's like, no, no yeah. it's not worth it. We're gonna lose our asses on this. So we had all this money, so I was like, I've never been to Los Angeles. I'm gonna fly there for two days and fly back, yep. which was great. Just yep. walked everywhere and went to the Troubadour, saw a show. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! Didn't eat the entire time. Who'd you see? Um, Donovan Woods. That was it. Yeah, mm, yeah. Is. Me neither. I yeah. never listened to him before or since, but yeah, it was going on. Our friend Dan sent me a. He's like, what do you think of this guy? I'm like, oh, he's all right, you know. I don't know if I jam him all the time, but it's it's not not turning me off or making me angry. Yeah. Cool. He's playing the, the troubadour on the first night you're there. You should go. <laughs> like, okay. Your friends know you well. Yeah. yeah. I just love that he's like, what do you think of this band? Well, you should go see them. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's fun. I mean, I, yeah. enjoy, I enjoy getting just being, I don't know about you, but I'm behind a desk all day long. Yeah. So I enjoy not staring at a computer for 10 hours totally yeah um even though i'm just staring at the back of a car seat i mean (laughs) or you're staring at a computer doing schoolwork. yeah that's true i am trying to finish my degree right now in what (laughs) Uh, i'm just trying to finish my degree in business okay cool yeah to become an accountant nice i'm not going to become an accountant i love i'll learn this stuff so i can handle the band stuff how's that oh smart there we go that'll be good I was going to go on tour before the pandemic. I had a whole plan. I was going to the UK mm-hmm. and I was going with a friend uh, from Denver. She's a tour musician from Texas too. Cool. And uh, we had it all planned out and then the pandemic hit. And it was yeah. just like the one time in my life I had planned it. And we were just going to do it solo, do it easy and like meet yeah. some people and, you know, not bring the whole band, just kind of make some connections. But then that kind of fell through because we all know what happened there yeah, but yeah. i gotta get the guts up to do it again yeah. but that's the way to do it is to do it with a friend you used to tour with your friends yeah like yeah we were all musician friends yeah but yeah. like you and my friend nathan used to say like i'm very much like hey we're going out but i don't want to show up in this town we're going to sit at the bar for eight hours and yeah. play for an hour totally it's like what's in this town like what historic things are here mm-hmm. yep what can we go do what can we go dig in and you know do something massages. All right, we're waiting to play. We're waiting to On play. this tour, we got to go to Wyoming to the state capital in Cheyenne. Oh, cool. We learned a lot of inter- interesting that, stuff. That's yeah. my nerd that. thing. Is like, I want to go to state, ca- I'll go to state, state capitals capitals. all over. Oh, so. yeah. Huh. It's cool. It's fun. It's just something to break up the monotony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like the first time we went to Memphis, we drove from Houston to Memphis. And there was like, okay, we'll go to Sun. Then we'll go do these few things. Did you go to Stax? We didn't go to Stax the first time. We went, I think I went there the second time we played Memphis. Cool. Which was super cool. Then years later, I got to come back up and bring my mom. My mom did like a weekend tour with me because we were going to visit my brother when he was living in Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I took her because my mom, that was like her jam, like all that kind of music. She was a big pop music fan, so anything. Mm-hmm. she's like i don't understand why we're coming here and like i don't know any of this and she just walked in and was like i love all of this songs and yeah like, she just disappeared like we came like an hour and a half later we found her that's awesome and we're like Dude, this was great like yeah. mom just they were talking headphones on like this is this is everything i listened to and i was like see i told you yeah that stack sound yeah i mean it's amazing so cool. yeah yep good glad you made it to stacks yeah i like to travel around and check out stuff too i'm a nerd and i love learning the history of places and mm-hmm what influences the music and the food and how people got there and different cultures behind it. I mean, being from a, half my family's from a different country. So I've always just been fascinated with like how people got to where they are and where they're going. 
Now, that's cool because we were talking about that with John and Rebecca. They sent us text the other day when they were in Laramie. He's like, we're trying Tex-Mex in Laramie, Wyoming. I'm like, dude, the diaspora has gotten so much. <laughs> like, you, the best Mexican food I've ever had was in Boone, North Carolina. Boone? I went to Appalachian State. Okay, wow. Oh, really? sweet. Yeah, nice. So see, that's why I said earlier, like, Appalachian. I know to say Appalachian to not get booed off stage. So. That's right. Yeah. You got to say it right. It's Appalachian. Mess that up. Mess that up. Please. Our yeah. friend Dank was like, hey, man. Just one thing to warn y'all before y'all go up there. It's Appalachian. Do not yes. say Appalachian. So I, true. Because I've been at stadium shows. People are like, dude, Appalachian State. It's like, boo. Yeah. Uh-huh. like they wouldn't stop. Like, okay, it's our next song. Boo. So true. I was like, that's great. Uh, boo, yeah. North Carolina, huh? Yeah, it's Gorgeous. one of our favorite places. And it was the same thing. So beautiful. It was mm-hmm. like the best Mexican food in Texas. Like, Little small building, the one niece that speaks English running the register, and everybody else making the best like home style food ever. Oh, okay. dude, Walsenburg, we went to Mexican restaurant there. Yeah, that was, was legit. Man, it was legit. Oh, I bet. Huh. It was more New Mexican. It was tasty. Yeah, it's all definitely I New about. Mexican. We do like to find food when we're on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Shockingly, <laughs> right? I love doing that too. Health is always coming up with food recommendations. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Look, you don't drink. That's true. Find something to do. Yeah. My only vice is yeah. all the food. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm the home brewer guy. So we got to stop at these seven breweries while we're in town. <laughs> I've been to so many breweries with you. I don't even drink. Yeah. <laughs> Sad but true. It's just something to kill time. You know. Well, it's what we do. Uh, you don't need any encouragement, but you should totally get out on the road. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I do need the encouragement. Yeah. Thank you. Come I'll take Texas. it. It really your is songs good are to great. just do the couple weeks and just, you know, see if you like it. Yeah. Use your vacation time. Go out and do <laughs> like it. Like we do. I will. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I got to do is just use my vacation time and plan for a big chunk of time. And yeah. I'll come see y'all in Texas. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely together a show. Up. I'd love to. Yeah. That'd be yeah. really fun. Yeah. You know, it only sucks for a little bit, like the day you get home. Because, yeah. I mean, we've learned Pacific Northwest tour. We got home at 6 a.m. and I was at work at 8. Yeah. <laughs> after flying all night, I was like, too bad. I can't waste any more vacation time. I need that for the next tour we booked. Yeah. Exactly. Like, even when we left for this one, it's like, when we get home, I'll have four hours left. <laughs> <laughs> but then Christmas is coming, so I'm not going to use any until next March. I'll yep. be back up to like two weeks. It'll be good. There we go. <laughs> That's really about how we do everything. Why don't you come to this? Like, no, we're going to a lake. No. Yeah. I nope. can't. can't nope. use any vacation. Good. Right. Good. <laughs> Just the way to do it. All right. Well, we're well wait, 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 are we going to do our last segment? That's what I was about to say. I'll let Health, since Health came yeah. up with the idea, yeah. we were like, we thought we needed a gimmick we, segment. Yeah, it's, we need it's, a gimmick? It's a new season, right? So we needed to have something, because we've done the whole talk. Mm-hmm. Let's have like a final question kind of thing, and we have an idea for it. So what's a local band that you like that you think should be promoted? Like, what do you, like, Ooh. who's someone that you really dig? Put it out there. Okay. That's a tough question, because I have so many... Favorite local bands. We'll allow you to go up to three. <laughs> up to three. Okay. Up to Perfect. Three. Okay. So, well, there's one that's already gotten kind of big, but I just love them. I'm wearing their shirt right now. Have you heard of the Velveteers? No. No. Check no, them but- out. The Velveteers. They're blowing up. They were local for a while, but then now they're on Easy Eye Records with uh, Dan Auerbach from the Big, uh, Black oh, Keys. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're touring with the Glorious Sons, I think, right now. I think that's the name of that band. Okay. Can't say enough about the Velveteers. And I don't even see the record back there, so you're, yeah. not, you're not lying. Like, no, I'm a super fan. Band. Yeah, totally. Let's see. I really love the Reminders. They're, uh, they're out of Colorado Springs, and they're a hip-hop duo, 
and they're such a fun show. They just get everybody on their feet and moving. They're a couple. They've got beautiful kids and they're just a beautiful family. They're also, you know, they play some pretty big shows too. So I'm trying to think of some smaller bands that are local that should be promoted more. I'm just going to list like a bunch. Even though you told me just three. Well, in depth on three, but you can tell us a bunch more. You're going fast. I, we figured you may spend like 10 minutes and then this band. So, you know, you're, we'll, keep going. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. We've got Poor Lolo. I really love Poor Lolo a lot. Uh, there's this band called Trujillo and Company. There's Blue Book. There's Still Tide. Kid Astronaut. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ Taxi Driver. Oh, I love That's that. It's a great name. name. Yeah. Crooked Rugs. Obviously, Sugar Britches. Duh. Peter Valley Playboys. Okay. Have y'all heard of them? Hey, yeah, I've seen that. I saw the sticker on your van we walked last night and today. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that used to be Sugar Bridge's other half was uh, Josh Long. So when okay. they split up, he started Peter Valley Playboys, and so they have their own thing going on. And then Sugar Bridge's obviously. So now that's just made like twice as much goodness of music in the world. Now that they nice. kind of have done their own thing, man. The that's list awesome. goes on and on. Musketeer Gripweed, Westside Joe, and the Minnesota. I want to say I saw a sticker for Musketeer Gripweed in Wyoming. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Crazy. I have yeah. to go back. You, lo- you listed so many, I lost track. So I yeah, have to go back sorry. and listen to this. I'll this stop. is recorded. I could go on, though. <laughs> Thank I God we're really recording go this. Yeah, there's a lot of great bands around here. I'm sure I'll, I mean. See, this is good. See, yeah. I, I had a good idea finally. I like that idea a lot. It's an honor to be a part of your first, part of your second season. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, thank you for doing second it. Second season. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, we had to, once we heard you, we had to talk to you for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it really does help to get the word out. So I love what you're doing. Your mission is awesome. Thank you. And uh, it is hard to be an independent musician for sure. Cause I don't know, it just seems like everything is about how you look anymore. And, you know, having like this like sex appeal or like you're riding around on the hood of a car or, you know, when I really think the music should just speak for itself. And so being able to talk about it's awesome. So I appreciate y'all. Yeah. That's what we talked about. It, you almost have to have some sort of controversy around you outside of the music at all times to yeah. remain mainstream relevant. Yeah. Well, because you're selling yourself, and for somebody who's not too much of an extrovert, that's hard. Yeah. You know. Totally. I'm happy to be a niche. Is this mean I gotta start playing <laughs> shirtless? <laughs> Please. Not I think so. <laughs> These are cute. It's gonna like, do it. Like a Dillinger Four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully thank y'all. We see you for too, too long. Safe travels back home. Right. Thanks. Bye. All right, y'all. That's it for the first episode of season two. We hope you really enjoyed it. Again, if you like what you hear, share with your friends, man. Tell people about it. Go follow Bevan Luna on Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever streaming service you use. Follow her on Instagram at Bevan Luna Music. And, you know, get out there and support it, man. There's lots of live shows going on every day. So go out there and support live music and support all these independent artists really just burning up the highways back and forth. We're going to leave you now with one more song from Miss Bevan Luna. It's called Masquerade also from the new ep and next week we'll be back with mel gutierrez of shame on me y'all be good out there see you next week